Tonight, we talk about a bloody horror film whose most gruesome murder is done by a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hi. <laughs> there you are. And Erica. Oh, hi. <laughs> and tonight, we are going to be talking about David Cronenberg's Rabid. All around her, people are dying. And only Rose knows why. You gotta come quick. You gotta come quick and get me. It's Rose. It's gotta be. Something's happened to Rose. Don't scream. Don't panic. He's dead. And the dead can't hurt the living. Rabbit. So we chose this movie and, you know, not to date this podcast because we want these episodes to be evergreen. But <laughs> we chose this because we are on what feels like week 18 of the coronavirus COVID-19 quarantine. Because of the uh, a title alone, I think we thought it was going to be more uh, more fitting. But then you watch the movie and is it? I was just going to say, I don't know the definition of rabid. But the word sounds more exciting than this movie actually was. Yeah, I mean, now, this is one of the f- our current situation where you could go into a grocery store and suddenly come down with a virus that you can't see, you don't know if you have, and you could infect your whole family. In this case, you're going to see insane people vomiting from their mouths, and you'll think, maybe I shouldn't get near that person. Otherwise... I'm completely safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what Mark's trying to say is that the times we're living in now is scarier than this particular film. So don't be afraid to go out and watch it. We should add, uh, Eric and I are in our house where we have been safely quarantined, much like the last episode. But Mark has decided to leave the state we're in and and go to an undisclosed location with um which we will not disclose but we will allow you to guess because his internet is from the late 90s and it's piss poor (laughs) (laughs) um and so we are attempting to do this episode regardless of his poor internet um you might be able to pinpoint his location if you can figure out who is still employing internet from the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, it still exists in the country. So just figure out those various areas. 
Um, also, just to throw you off the scent, I, I, I'm going like this, 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 this. So you can't tell who has the bad connection, X, 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 and who doesn't. Thank you, Max Headroom, by the way, for giving me that like amazing ability. Ahead of its time, yet again, Max Headroom, the TV show I'm talking about specifically. Just the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so you're so also I'm noticing there's a little time gap between when I stop talking and you guys start talking. Am I on location somewhere? Is this like a like a bad live news feed? <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so that's gonna make this very interesting. Uh, it's probably gonna be really easy to edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tonight, so tonight we're talking about David Cronenberg. It won't be the last time we talk about Cronenberg, uh, but uh, it is only his second film, Rabid. This fo- followed Shivers, which I thought for sure was a movie we were going to be discussing later. Uh, but we're not going to be dis- discussing Shivers because it was not released by uh, New World. But it was why New World decided to step up and release Rabid because Shivers was a huge success. It was Cronenberg's first movie and sort of established him as a director and established Canada as a place where movie horror movies specifically could come from because there weren't a whole lot of Canadian horror films at that time. And so uh, Roger Corman and New World were quick to jump into bed, if you will, uh, and embrace, timely timely phrase, embrace Rabid uh, when uh, that was made. Um, and to let you know a little bit about it, um, the movie is about a couple who are riding on a motorcycle and they get in an accident and the woman, uh, needs a skin graft. She has to go to a, uh, the only nearest hospital is one for plastic surgery, essentially. And they do a skin graft and... Uh, like uh, a timer on uh, for a cake that you're baking in the oven. A month later, <laughs> she suddenly <laughs> has this n- new strange uh, deformity of a, a tiny penis-like protuberance, which comes out of her elbow or sorry, her armpit. And yeah, it's it's a pit dick. It's a pit dick. <laughs> Ironically enough. <laughs> That, if I that's may, a, that's our T-shirt, Pit Dick. But that Pit Dick, I'm pretty sure, is the opener for it's Coma a Pit Bar. Dick. Oh, callback! Oh. Pit Dick is the opener for Coma Boner. So when you hit the Regent, once life gets back to normal, shows are live again. Hit the Regent, go early for Pit Dick, and stay for Coma Boner. <laughs> That was like an inside joke for fans of this podcast. Also, inside joke for fans of live music in Los Angeles. So, yeah, um, that's deep. Uh, yeah, so there's a little pit dick that comes out uh, of her pit, and that sucks blood from people. We're not done. Then those people that she sucks the blood from, they become rabid and attack other people by frothing at the mouth and trying to eat them, sort of. Maybe their ear, maybe parts of their neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they go rabid, and that's what just be- becomes this uh, contagion, basically, that goes. And by the time they're in full you know, COVID-19 contagion mode, it's basically the end of the movie. So it's 
not as um well basically we figure out that when when you have a the entire population of montreal which this movie does not let you forget that this is taking place in montreal the entire time uh by the time we get to the entire uh, uh, contagion, uh, we find out that really the heroes of society are uh, garbage uh, uh, trash truck guys who they just put a sniper on the top of the truck and they shoot whoever they think is infected. And (laughs) that's the solution. So, I mean, if you see a trash truck going by your house right now and there's a guy on top, maybe hide. Maybe duck. Or maybe just wipe the uh, foam from your mouth so that he doesn't mistake you for someone. (laughs) Yeah, and just be cool. Relax. They'll pass. Tuck tuck your pit dick and just wipe your your foam (laughs) and chill and you won't get shot. Yeah, if you're rabid. She's the only one with the pit dick. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. That's a motorbird. They get in a motorcycle accident. I want to rewind just a second here. They get in a motorcycle accident. uh, And uh, she has to be rushed to this plastic surgery clinic where they have a new technology where they're getting skin that's using stem cells. And they call it morphogenetically neutral skin. And they have to take her there because she's going to die within 30 minutes. Can we all appreciate that before the accident, they uh, shoot to a guy that has a sweatshirt that says jogging kills on it? That's the guy that becomes the first victim. And I, boy, do I want that sweatshirt. I want that sweatshirt. (laughs) He's wearing like a full, full like wrap around his head. And he's wearing a sweatshirt that says he's jogging and he's wearing a sweatshirt that says jogging kills. And boy, do I want that. You should make it. Oh, my gosh. We yeah. Well, that can't be one of our pit dick is one right of after our, we make the pit dick t-shirts. We make pit dick t-shirts. But um, what well, what's going to be cool about the pit dick t-shirts is you're going to have to pit out for it to say anything. Like it's going to be like those hypercolor shirts where they used to change color based on your body heat. These, once you pit out, you raise your pit up and then in your pit, it says pit dick. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it just like a blue shirt, but in the pit, it says pit dick if you sweat on it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. These, these t-shirts are going to cost $35 to make a piece. <laughs> uh, worth every penny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, definitely not street teeth. Uh, yeah, so uh, this movie certainly uh, it w- it was probably a good low-budget movie to make because the primary way of killing someone, like Freddy has his glove, knife glove, and Jason has his machete. Michael Myers has his knife. So too does Marilyn Chambers have her aggressive hug. <laughs> so aggressive so, so the first I mean, guy not, that she but kills it's not always a hug because... Mark yeah oh we lost you there oh you yeah were talking that's and gonna happen stopped and we didn't hear anything. no I did okay. stop I just flat out uh, stopped oh okay I see I, I see yeah uh <laughs> Well, go ahead. Say your say your thought. 
No, I was going to just say it's not always a hug because there's a scene where she goes into a, an adult movie theater and a gentleman like who is rocking. I mean, he's he's bald. He's got like the nice uh, uh, half dome of hair, which I I congratulate him. That's a hot look. And women, you know, obviously in Montreal were into that at the time. And I sort of regret that I didn't live in those fancy times. But she he she he comes to a chat with her and she doesn't give him the hug. He just goes in to cop a little feel and gets uh you know, a real hand job with that pit dick. Hello pit dick hand job. <laughs> That's the first album. That's the single. <laughs> hand job. It feels um, more like the yeah. B side. This is back in, uh, you know, the 70s when I guess you could just pick up somebody in a movie theater. I mean, when you could just walk up and go, hey, <laughs> you you watching this movie by yourself? Do you mind if I sit down and grab your boobs? <laughs> yeah, no one would be like, shh, 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 I'm watching the movie. No, I'm nope. actually trying to watch a movie, sir. You know, <laughs> it just was like, oh, sure. Yeah, take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> um, <laughs> the very first person that she kills though is the jogging kills guy and it's very confusing what's happening but we do see blood but it's like what is going on because the pit dick is not is not revealed for a while so when it, when the first death happens you're like what happened did she just like hug him real hard that was what I <laughs> legitimately thought she just like hugged him extremely hard and he just died. And then you were like, did he die from jogging? Was the shirt accurate? <laughs> I don't think it was the Put- jogging. I knew it wasn't the jogging. Because that is a... No, hold on. Let's not rule that out. Also, <laughs> when she aggressively hugs or gives someone a pit dick hand job, why do they always bleed from the ears? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. That would happen to the trucker, know. correct? Or does it happen all the time? Yeah, I know it, happens. it happened to the also the uh, dude that she killed after she tried to pit deck the cow. Oh, yes, which she could not, you can't do, she can't do like animals. It has to be people. So, uh, yeah, so sen- essentially Marilyn Chamber- Chambers is playing somebody who has a little pit dick and needs to suck blood, which is sort of like a strange a vampire movie essentially but i'm confused like because cronenberg was a guy who was at one point sort of maybe going to follow a path of like a scientific career is he talking about uh making a statement about stem cell research which of course at that point was like in its nascent stage if if anything is it about plastic surgery is it about motorcycle crashes like what i don't what is what is he trying to what, what's the point here you know what is he what's the most dangerous thing because it feels like to me like a motorcycle crash is essentially what he's saying like be really careful on your motorcycle or you could end up like this this woman yeah. or you could birth an entire you know contagion you could birth birth a pandemic basically from your pit be careful on your motorcycle or destroy montreal at your peril yeah Yep, I I'd like to lesson. think that the I think the lesson could also be I just want to throw this out there for for your approval. Don't be a really fucking lazy boyfriend. 
Mm. Yeah. Because her boyfriend is, he's looking for her for three quarters of the movie and he's taking his sweet time. He's mostly hanging out with his buddy Murray, who I uh, I feel terrible for. That guy's in his mid to late fifties and has a baby. Oh fuck, man, that's about, bad timing. About, that guy is actually a guy who's been in many Cronenberg movies. He is a guy that is one of Cronenberg's favorites. The um, first time yeah. in the movie that I that I said I don't believe this was when I saw him holding the baby. I thought no. No, no, no. That that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, a little late to get into the baby game, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either I feel terrible for you, or I don't believe it. Either way, him and Hart are just like cruising around. Hart keeps saying, "I gotta find Rose," but he's not doing much. Uh, you would assume they've been together a while. They might have some mutual friends that he could call. No. They just kind of drive around, and he just, in a laissez-faire way, is looking for his girlfriend. Well, he has two concerns. One is he's got to fix up that burnt-up bike. Yeah. And that is critical, and he takes it home, and he works on it in his garage. So, okay, there's that. Also, finding Rose. Okay, I got to find my girlfriend. Also, got to fix up this completely trashed, burned-up motorcycle, because... He and the doctor guy also bring that. They carry. They they drive that in a truck, and they make a point of putting that in the back of a truck and taking it to his garage because that's a key part of this film. Um, right. Cronenberg was actually he's actually a pretty uh, avid motorcyclist, uh, motorcycle fan. Uh, what's the terminology here? Oh, motorcycle appreciation person. Yep, that's it. <laughs> motorcycle appreciation person. Or map. He's a map. Uh, he's a map. He's a map. <laughs> um, I'm a map. We have to sing it a little bit different because we don't want to steal it. Right? From, no, 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 no. We don't want to get uh, in copyright infringement for for yeah. Dora. But um, he, yeah, he is. Uh, He's really into mo- he was really into motorcycles, so I think that was key for him. Like he got to fix up this bike just because yeah. you got an accident. Well, the time. and you got to give it some time for Rose to heal up because, like, ooh, what if you go back and she's not quite perfect? You know, get That's her a- healed up. In fact, she. In fact, well, one of the things I learned from what listening to the director's commentary with Cronenberg was um, him saying that the sound effects of the motorcycle in the very beginning is actually motor is sound effects from his motorcycle, which was, I think a Ducati. So he didn't, he had a different motorcycle than what they were driving, but the sounds came from his motorcycle. See Mark, for me, that was when the movie became so unbelievable. I was like, this is a Ducati. This is not the motorcycle they are on. Ugh, I guess That's I'll just fair. suspend That's my fair. disbelief. <laughs> so from moment one, yeah. she was not in. <laughs> yeah, because you know me, just I love motorcycles. I'm a motorcycle appreciation person. You know, you guys know. I don't have to tell you. You know, you know me. It is a little long, right? Is that was that me or yes. it just did it just feel long? It's so long. No, it's long. <laughs> That's it's long. literally our introduction to to Rose. Uh, and her boyfriend is just them silently driving. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and after he fixes up the motorcycle and he comes back to the hospital, 
and she's been in a coma for a month. When he finally greets her, he goes in for real open, wide mouth kiss. Did you? Did I'm sorry. You? Did you crunch the numbers on that? I, didn't, I was <laughs> yeah. waiting. I thought maybe you crunched the numbers on that deep kiss. Yeah. <laughs> no, I How just long? thought. I mean, you, I'm waiting for like go, the statistics. How long was the kiss? Yeah. What are the stats? No, not just. It was just the mouth enveloped her entire <laughs> lip space. I thought, man, you're going for it. You know, well, I mean, you know, we should talk about this now. Of course, Rose is played by Marilyn Chambers, who basically was going from hardcore pornography to uh, Rabid. So this was her first legit role. And actually not her first. She oh, had... that's where I know her from. <laughs> <laughs> She's not her first legit role. I think she had a smaller role in another movie, but this was like her first lead role. And one of her last roles in legit movies, I believe. Um, she was like, look, enough of this. Yeah. Back to porn. <laughs> She's she, just she like, so out. wait, this movie doesn't have a pit dick in it? Fuck it. I'm not in. I'm out. <laughs> and so maybe the guy playing her boyfriend thought, I, I don't know, maybe this is how she likes to kiss. Just like, you know, really going for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time he shows any enthusiasm for her because the rest of the time in the movie, he's barely looking for her. In fact, by the time he gets to where she's been staying with her friend Mindy, I'm like, how did it take you so long? You had to have known Mindy. Like, they're best friends. It took you three quarters of the movie to figure out to go over to her apartment. Well, she had to go through a whole bunch of victims at that point. But... Can we just have a quick shout out to Mindy's glasses? Oh, love oh, really oh, amazing. Fantastic. Her whole, her, all of her outfits. Her whole awesome. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those glasses look. were actually the actress playing Mindy. Those are actually her glasses. She wore them to the audition, but didn't wear them during the audition, but she wore them to the audition. And then when she got the part, they were like, oh, bring your glasses. So those amazing yeah. glasses were hers. And she was like, what? But, I mean, kudos to the casting people because they're right. Those glasses are amazing. She's like, amazing. the glasses? I fucked every casting director they had. And all I had to do was wear these glasses and shit. <laughs> Can I ask a question about Mindy, though? I mean, besides the glasses? Uh, no. What? No, we're, sorry. No, that's it. Only not, glasses. I'm sorry. We're not taking any questions. Only glasses. Okay. okay. Sorry. I, I'll call into a different show. Thank you. Actually, uh, if you call in, we'll take the question. What? <laughs> yeah. you, but you can't call in because you're currently using your landline to use the internet. So you cannot call in. You're going to have to call in from your cell phone if that works where you are. <laughs> Do you have cell service where you are? You have a walkie-talkie? That uh, might work. <laughs> Here, get open. Turn on the ham radio. <laughs> oh, it's okay. He's just doing it Morse code. Hold on. What was your question? Do it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> remind me next time. I'm gonna. I don't have my cell phone near me. Otherwise, I absolutely would call you. Um, what What does Mindy do for a job? Because she just hangs she around her apartment all day. She, <laughs> she get she gets on the um she does laundry. She makes sandwiches. Yep. What does she do? She cooks. 
she cooks. Uh, she got on the subway. She's reading a book. So yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I guess maybe she does some reading. I guess she's a trust fund baby, probably. I guess. I we should. I mean, but she's honestly the more of the movie should have been about Mindy. I know. I mean, I think that's what we're learning. Like we wanted, we needed a deeper dive into mm-hmm. Mindy's life. Yeah. She's really, also she was, a very lazy friend. She lets Rose leave whenever she wants with hardly an argument. And is like, okay, I'm just going to go back to reading. She's actually what? She's between jobs, right? Because she has an interview. Oh, that's right. Because then she's uh, like, wish me wish, luck when Rose is yeah, like She's like writhing the, on the ground in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's like, wish me. She's like, hey, asshole, wish me luck. Well, Don't mean, you want to wish me luck? Well, meanwhile, like Rose is like sweating through her t-shirt in the bathroom. I think that scene was more about her showing off her wet t-shirt skills. Well, I mean, this movie, I mean, we, you know, there there is a, a titty tally or count uh, for this movie, but it's it's one person. Yeah. Uh, and that's right. Marilyn Chambers. And they certainly did have her take off her clothes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I pulled a real Mindy on this one, and uh, I did not keep a titty tally. <laughs> Once I realized it was gonna be just Marilyn Chambers, I was like, ah, two. I guess two titties. Her just yeah. her titties. That's it. But yeah. many times over. In fact, uh, the girl plays Mindy. She, she, I have we. I have the Shout Factory Blu-ray. Humble brag. That's that's where I watch this. I think you can also watch it. Is it on Prime? I think it's on Prime. It, uh, I, yeah, it is. That's what I watched it on. Okay, but I I have so I have the disc. So I there's three director's commentaries and interviews. But she said that uh, there's a scene where she like takes her shirt off and puts on another shirt, and I think that's when she's with Mindy in Mindy's apartment and said that the, all the crew were there that day to watch her take off her clothes. But she takes off her clothes many times so there was probably a lot of crew going okay it's it's titty time and deciding to uh make sure they're around for marilyn chambers to take her clothes off which also felt like i mean she already is a hardcore pornography actress so you don't have to i mean it doesn't seem that big a deal it almost seems like not an event for her to go topless in this movie because of course she would right it doesn't but, well, originally it was supposed to be uh, Sissy Spacek, not Spacek. Oh, a uh, different actress. So not was supposed not Sissy Spacek. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be Sissy Spacek. Is this like a? Was she from the Czech Republic or something? She was or? From, well, Montreal, sort of the Czech uh, enclave of Montreal. Sissy Spacek and uh, Sissy Spacek. She was in that movie, Karik. So they all thought they were going to go see Sissy Spotjack, which which no one would have seen before. So you can understand why the crew was there. She was in that movie, The Coal Miner's Mom. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, a parallel career to Sissy Spacek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, she, she was originally. That's my next shirt. Sissy <laughs> Spotcheck. That's your all boy band. That's your all boy. Now we have to go look for a Sissy Spotcheck. I'm sure just there's <laughs> do no, a Facebook search. I'm I sure there's somebody. Sissy Spotcheck oh. is your all synth band. <laughs> 
Thank you. We are Sissy Spacek. They don't play with Pit Dick because they are just no, totally separate totally genres of totally music. Different. They would never, it would never work. What is Pit Dick's genre? I would, I just imagine a hardcore punk band. Am I wrong? Mm, okay. Pit Dick seems like a hardcore punk band. All right. I don't know. Leave it. Yeah. We'll leave it to the listeners. You tell us what what kind of music. I think does it's Pit more avant garde space rock. Ah, mm. I would say hardcore ska. Maybe <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a hug. Scatological. <laughs> oh jesus all right well <clears throat> one thing i also really I, I think we should just go right into things i love things i hated i think okay. it's time it feels sure, right sure um oh you know we talked about loving mindy's glass loving it um another thing that i really loved and i hate to say it like this but but uh jumping ahead here when they get to the mall and there's a mall guard with a machine gun. Oh, good. We're talking about this. Good. Yeah. Machine gun at the I mean, mall. How dangerous is this mall? That this, like, Hey, th- we're not in Ottawa. This is Montreal. We have machine guns at the mall because this, you know, it's serious in Montreal. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. So if you have not watched this yet, pause, watch it, come back. Uh, the guard with a machine gun kills Santa. Yeah. He shoots Santa and kills him and then just gives it a like, ah, damn. Well, he shoots at like a guy who, for for one, uh, let's rewind just a little bit. Marilyn Chambers goes to the mall. She is then hit on by a guy, I believe, wearing jodhpurs. (laughs) Yes. He's wearing... Ankle high boots uh, or knee high boots. No, they're higher than ankle. Yeah, they're like they're knee like, high boots. Yeah, they're like and riding with boots. his like, riding. Boots. Well, he was he was riding a horse earlier. That's where they cut, you know, for right. time. Exactly. And so he and he's got his pants tucked into these boots. First of all, he asked her if she wants to smoke because you could smoke in a mall back then. Yeah, you could smoke. Bring your machine gun. Indoor mall. Indoor mall. Yes. And he decides to then go ask for a life from somebody. That person happens to be the person attacked on the subway when Mindy was just reading a book and had his ear chomped on and apparently didn't need to spend any time in a hospital. He just went straight to the mall. Yeah, bravo for getting off the train. And also, nobody paid attention to him walking into the mall, sitting down in the mall. They're just like, just... He's nope. cool. Just let him chill. It's fine. He had his yeah. ear bit on. He was attacked, and they were like, "Are you okay?" No, I'm fine. I just I need to go to the mall. Yeah, that's what I need to do now. <laughs> and you know what? The security there's a Walden book. I need to pick up a book. <laughs> yeah, the I machine just... gun. The machine gun clad security guards. They have bigger problems to solve than a rabid man with his ear chewed off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I need some orange Julius. I just yeah. need to like chill. So yeah. I'm going to go to my happy place, which is the mall. And then so when he attacks the Jodhpur guy, that's when the mall guard goes, oh, shit. Hey, I got a machine gun. I better shoot him. Also, I'm not going to tell him to stop. I'm just going to fire. Yeah. And in doing so with my machine gun, 
I just happened to spray around the entire mall and kill Santa. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> like, but he's like, but then he's just like, damn. Like, oh, fuck. Like, but it's he doesn't also, run to help him. He doesn't like call for backup. He's just like, damn it. I killed Santa. Shit. <laughs> it's borderline comedic because he's yes. fumbling yeah. with that machine gun as it's firing. Like, oh, 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 I can't control it. Oh, and, and he, then he shoots Santa. He's like, damn it. Right. Like, yeah, I his, thought I had it. <laughs> his expression is basically the audience's, which is like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't give mall security guards machine guns. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Loved that, it. Love that. That is pretty great. That is pretty great. Okay. Uh, Mark, uh, things you love, things you hated. Uh, one of the things I loved is there's a scene when uh, Rose is uh, hitchhiking and this guy in a semi truck picks her up and there's a shot of her running uh down the highway to the truck and she fully rolls her ankle and they just kept it in. Like she, I watched that. I was like, they didn't think like, (laughs) Hey, are are you okay? Like, looks like you really fucked up your ankle on that run. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. She got in the truck We're we got the shot. Let's wrap it. Everyone wrap up. Let's go. We're done for the day. Uh, But I I love that. that. They left that in. Wow, that's the only thing you loved? <laughs> that's what you loved? Uh, you uh, Things I loved, that's one of the things I loved, was that one scene. Um, Don't judge what we love, Ryan. What did you love? <laughs> so so when people watch this movie back, they can be like, that's it! That's the part Mark loved! That's the part where she rolls her ankle! You have to really watch the movie to see the things that I loved. <laughs> Uh, um, well, we talked about jogging kills. That's obviously something that I loved in the movie was, was certainly mm-hmm. that, um, I loved, uh, well, I love that they wanted to cast Sissy Spacek. She was actually not cast because I think one of the producers, I don't think Cronenberg names the uh, producer, but, um, he says that they didn't like that she had a Texas accent. So they did not think that she would be good in the role. And that during that time, she was shooting Carrie. And uh, then they released Carrie. It was a huge hit. But there's actually a scene where Marilyn Chambers is walking down the street. She's about to go to the movie theater. And there's actually you can actually see a poster of Carrie behind her. So what I had read uh, was that Ivan Reitman wanted someone that was sexier or had more sex appeal. Because they wanted to, the, the the character to be sexier. Well, what well, happened? I think what he ended up doing was just casting someone who had had a lot more sex. <laughs> I think you got confused. <laughs> He's like, hmm, I need somebody with more sex appeal. I know. I'll get a porn star. She's had lots of sex <laughs> appeal. He, was, he, he said, like, I need someone with more sex and- appeal. Sissy Space. Cronenberg didn't understand what sex appeal meant. It was like, you mean someone that had more sex, right? That's what yeah. sex appealed me. Yeah. Right. Okay, we got it. Yeah, I'll find someone. I believe it was also because at the time, uh, Ivan Reitman was working for Cinepix and was producing movies for Cinepix, which is a Canadian company, and they were doing a lot of soft core movies. Ooh. Um, not that was hardcore, so... Hot off the dome there. So, Well, no, I mean, it's all over the, the Blu-ray, but they, they, uh, they were producing... So he basically thought of her because Behind the Green Door had come out, 
And I think essentially, I think it was more of like sort of a stunt casting thing where they thought let's, she's very, she was very popular. This is at a time when porno movies could be very popular, like mainstream movies because people would still go to a movie theater to see a porno. And I'm sure if they, I'm sure people still go to the movies to see porno. They would go see a movie if you played it, I, I would imagine. But like, this was a time when they well. had specific theaters for pornographic movies. They had, that's where you would go to watch a pornographic movie. They didn't have the internet uh, at, back then, nor were Marquez for that instant, for, for that. <gasps> Mark, for there's that. probably a theater near you. You should, you could be watching some hot yeah, porn. Cause Mark is living there, in the late seventies. There, there isn't any kind of theater near me at all like no theaters mark did you have to move the phone from its holder to the modem is that what you had to do <laughs> i mean are, are you going to what i'm saying is are you gonna are you gonna hack into whopper is that what you're gonna do after this or? yeah yeah exactly we're gonna play global thermonuclear war after this so you know just a thing to do when you're in a remote area and kind of bored and in the middle of a pandemic, that's what you do. That's what you do. Uh, okay, I've, I've lost the thread. Um, where were we? Uh, things we hated. Things, love, things we hated. Things you hated. Things, things I hated. Come hate. on, quickly. Things you hated. Uh, uh, well, I love things here, you hated. I, I, what I did love is I did love the the I did love the uh, the the makeup effects of people with rabidness. I thought that was actually pretty effective, like the sort of foamy the mouth. Even though we did mention that they are merely a handkerchief away from being able to not being discovered, but they don't seem to think of that. Um, what I hated was that this movie didn't really get super interesting. It was neither a movie, though there are, the government does take over. There are scenes of the military driving up and down the street in Montreal and, and, and people having to show their IDs to soldiers and things like that. Uh, and they do, you know, uh, I, I did love that they took like an extreme option of just being like, well, I guess we just have to kill everybody that has, you know, that has this thing and just shoot them dead no matter what. Um, that seemed very extreme for Canada, particularly. But um, I didn't. I just didn't love that it. It really didn't. Uh, it didn't seem to take off. This movie doesn't seem to take off. Not only in just telling the story of Rose, who just needs to hug people and suck blood out of them, and a big hug, big deep hug. They made. They try to make hugs scary, and rabidness. They never really made too scary. So they were trying to do two different things and they never seemed, it didn't seem to totally work. That's fair. Mark, things you hated? Um, I, at first I hated the pit dick because I thought that's, that's it's so gross. That's just so gross. Why did it have to be in the armpit? And why, why a, a little, a little penis that comes out of a vagina in an armpit? Uh, but at the end, I kind of loved the pit dick, so that it really turned. It charmed me. It charmed me in the end. I, I was charmed by it. You know, it's um, not even just that. It's a. It's like uh, a little pit dick that comes out of a pit vagina, but then has like a doggy dick that comes out of the dick. Did you notice that? Yeah. yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a doggy erection, kind of coming out of a pink bottle in an armpit. <laughs> We're really give, making it sound. I, I, I'm just saying it like it is. <laughs> <Not> that great. 
but I think, uh, yeah, things I hated, I, I have to, I, I don't mean to, to, um, kind of steal your thunder here, Ryan, but this, it was the same thing. Like there's the setup here. You could have had a really tense, uh, suspense filled pandemic. I mean, you have these people that are attacking each other. You can see how this could multiply very easily. Maybe I'm overly sensitive to it because of the time we're in right now. But I thought, okay, this could this could go somewhere where you could feel like the dread of I don't know how we're going to stop this thing. And in the end, it's just snipers on top of trash trucks, and it's like, oh, well, we got this. And they're so obviously infected anyway, so it doesn't really matter. We'll just shoot them. And it it just never builds like it's heading to a place of dread, and it never really pays off it's just some isolated incidents that are interesting but it never goes anywhere yeah it doesn't really pay off on a micro scale nor a macro scale like it doesn't pay off on kind of massive like pandemic throughout a city nor does it pay off on really the kind of rose story Mm -hmm. i will say uh, on things i liked the poster of this and the subsequent like vhs box terrific that was something that Ivan Reitman picked out, which was the the woman that gets hugged uh, in the jacuzzi. She ends up getting stuffed into a uh, the refrigerator, and you see yep. her sort of like dead. She suddenly she does not go rabid for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. She just I guess because she's put in a, a fridge, so I guess that's the key. Uh, it, it, but she gets sort of. I feel like she probably went into that fridge on accident. She's probably so hot from being in that hot tub. She's sure. like, "Oh, I'll just go in the fridge and cool off." Whoops. Well, sure. Right, because Marilyn Chambers was like writhing on the ground, burning up in Mindy's yeah. bathroom. So she probably was like, "Ooh, oh, here's a little mini fridge. Let me cool in there." And then she just froze to death. I guess they turned the fridge down too much. I guess. And um, but anyway, like that image is was pretty great. But it, again, it, it's a great image in a movie that's. Mm-hmm. you know fine it's fine yeah. speaking of so this is one of the, uh one of two times we could talk about cronenberg so i thought what what it's uh what's your favorite cronenberg um i think oceans 11 no that's that's steven soderbergh you're t- you're thinking soderbergh cronenberg is what i mean cronus david cronenberg your favorite david <clears throat> cronenberg movie oh um Sex lies and videotape. No, then. that's still that's still Steven. That's Shit. still Steven Soderbergh. Shit, are you sure? Yeah, are definitely. you sure it's not Steven Cronenberg? Nope, there's or no Steven Cronenberg. David Soderbergh. Nope, neither of those. <laughs> Sissy Spacek. Is this a Sissy She was not. She was not in. She was in neither. She was in none of those movies. I Mark, don't know. I'm, I. I I don't think we're going to get a good answer out of uh, Erica. Uh, though I actually uh, know what Erica's response is in terms of Cronenberg. What? Existence. That is not my favorite movie. That movie's gross. It's your favorite Cronenberg it's, it's movie. It's gross. But she... I don't know. I was going to name that, actually. I really liked Existence. Well, I it's thought it was so gross, cool. though. It's gross. It, it is, but that's the one movie you actually introduced me to seen it i had not That's seen true. it and you were like you should you should see existence so we watched it because you liked it my favorite is 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 naked lunch but um that's but my favorite no one's surprised 
I think I'm going to have to go with Existence because you got those like really gross, gooey bone guns that they make. Yeah, yeah. That wins me so over. I would say I, yeah. I do also really I do like Shivers. Shivers is more of like what, and that's one that pays off on the pandemic because yes. you have it in a more enclosed environment. It's in an apartment building, so you can have twenty people and and know like twenty people infected with this. That's a real problem in an apartment building. But 20 people over the entire city of Montreal. <clears throat> that's so this manageable. was a movie that actually I think was, this this movie uh, was originally, I think, called Mosquito. And that was the original concept. And there was a lot more to it that was about how she goes from getting a skin graft to suddenly having a pit dick. And so there's a lot more explanation in there. But I think a lot of that was cut out. Ugh, they should have kept all of it. <clears throat> the other movie he wanted to make uh, around that time, one of the producers is interviewed on the Shout Factory disc and says that what Cronenberg wanted to make at that point is he had written Dead Ringers. And he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was, and they were like, no. So they wanted, and they said, no, let's do Rabbit. So that's what they went with. Um, though I don't, I'm not 100% it was called Rabbit at the time. So, from my book, uh, Roger Corman's The True Fantastic Story of Roger Corman's New World Pictures by Christopher Cading, he talks about it. I've tried to find like audio. I tried to find stuff where Cronenberg talked about how this happens to Marilyn Chambers in the movie because the movie doesn't do a very good job of explaining it. Um, but he has a quote in it in this book, which I couldn't find anywhere else. Um, where essentially the original screenplay really talked about how this came into existence and they cut it, they abbreviated it because of the running time and then realized later that it sort of compromised the piece. And Cronenberg says it was a mistake. It would have provided a simple rationale in terms that people could understand. Even those who like the movie have asked, what was that thing? So, that was right. what Cronenberg said about it. I couldn't find in any other interview where he where he sort of mentioned it. He does he has an interview on the disc and he does a director's commentary, and he doesn't really particularly mention that. Maybe he could have explained that a bit better. I was thrown that Ivan Reitman uh, was the producer of this, not only of this but of Shivers as well, and this was sort of his entree. He was working for Cinepix, uh, and he actually released one of his first movies which I believe is called Cannibal Girls. Um, I wanted to watch that as a sort of research corner thing to kind of see what that was about, but uh, you can't really get it. It's hard to get. Um, I couldn't get it on Prime. There's no way to kind of get it right now. Um, I think it might be on Shout Factory TV, but uh, anyway, I couldn't watch that. So instead I watched Meatballs because Meatballs uh, actually has a lot of the same producers, the same art director and is put out by the same, uh, by it's not Cinepix, but it's by um, <clears throat> the same, the same company that like the Canadian film distribution company, which is what basically helped fund shivers and rabid mm-hmm. and actually helped uh, fund a lot of Cronenberg movies and also then ended up funding Meatballs. Well, he David Cronenberg talked about the fact that uh, when he made Shivers, all the critics were were they, they were very critical of the fact that 
the Canadian government had sponsored it. And they were saying like, oh, this is where your tax dollars are going is to make basically horror porn. And is this a wise use of Canadian tax dollars? Uh, and he talks about the fact that he got a lot of criticism and they didn't want to fund any more of his movies, even though Shivers made a lot of money and was actually very profitable for that division of the government that funds these movies. Uh, so when he made Rabid, he was trying to be very careful about where the money was coming from because he was getting some of it from the Canadian government, but was trying to hide it because of all the criticism he got from Shivers. Yeah, well, but Shivers was one of the most successful Canadian movies. So, and I think what Cronenberg right. says is that it was a little, they were a little, they were leery, number one, of making another movie with him after Shivers. And then uh, they were leery of making Rabid with him, especially when he was casting Marilyn Chambers. But apparently they still went along with it. And then they do The Brood, they do Scanners. So they still like helped produce a lot of his movies. So they clearly uh, were fine with it afterwards, but they were very leery of it in the very beginning. But I, I was just looking at all that and interested in the fact that, you know, from a movie like Rabid, we not only got this career of Cronenberg, where he had this sort of, you know, this trajectory for himself, but also we got Ivan Reitman and Meatballs and all these other movies that sort of came after that. So we sort of got these two different trajectories. We got like Ghostbusters, but we also got, you know, uh, Scanners. And, you know, The Brood and Dead Ringers and all this other stuff. And I was uh, surprised to see that Meatballs was not the same director of photography. But if you want to do a double feature, I would suggest watching Rabid and then immediately watching Meatballs. Because it looks like <laughs> it's made by the exact same people, but they couldn't be more different. But it's a it's a now it's a double feature. I think you must watch. I'm in on that double feature. All right. Are we, are we on to our favorite scene or is that what we do last favorite yeah, scene? But, yeah, we should definitely do that and wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to, I have to say it's the, uh, the scene in the uh, porno theater when the guy goes to uh comp a feel and gets a little hand job in the theater with the pit butthole dog dick. And uh, they they cut away to him having just a little stab in his hand. And that's that's all it took. No hug required. Just right in the hand. I mean, why it didn't turn into a giant uh, uh, feasting orgy in the movie theater. I feel like that was a miss. That was an opportunity. They could have yeah, really gone for it there. I agree. But that's why I thought it didn't. was going to be. It just wasn't. Erica, favorite scene? Uh, I think my favorite scene is when um, she's in the truck with the trucker and he offers her his sandwich and <laughs> she takes it. And she's like, yeah, mm, it's delicious. And then gets very, very sick. Like immediately. Like immediately sick. And despite that, like, I mean, that's my favorite scene. I also love the scene where Santa gets shot. I have those are equal like. They're not supposed to be funny, but they're funny. Like, this is supposed to be her discovery of like, oh, I can't eat. Oh, no, I can't eat real food anymore. Even though she's already been there, done that with the cow. She tries it again for whatever reasons with this sandwich. Uh, yeah, that and Santa getting shot, I think, are uh, are my two favorite scenes. Um, 
I'm gonna go. I have to say one thing about that, just just really quick before you jump in, Ryan. That that scene with the truck, I love I love that because after she throws up, there's a scene where obviously like he's told, Okay, pick her up, you're gonna pick her up, you're gonna lift her back into the truck. And I mean, she's a she's a, a a thin woman, so it's not like she's heavy. But you can see that he lifts her, and the truck is higher than where he can lift her, basically above his head to get her in the truck. And you can see, you can sense this panic, even though his back is turned. Of like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to get you back into this truck. And she grabs the door handles and pulls herself in. To save the shot. But it's like, uh oh, uh oh, we're screwed. We're not gonna make this. <laughs> just, I thought that was hilarious. They that really hilarious. did that one in one take. Yeah. I yeah. wonder too if that if he had to lift her up and put her in there because she had rolled her ankle, like for realsies <laughs> in the previous scene, as you noticed, and maybe she like physically could not get back into the truck. I, mean, I heard that possible. scene too is also uh they had to do that scene because uh uh, sandwiches made Marilyn Chambers throw up without fail. So, okay, just a joke. Um, not a great joke. Uh, hey, they should put that joke in rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> it would fit right in. <laughs> hey, there they are. Um, my favorite scene. I, you know, it. Wh- one thing this movie does well is they do sort of go a very linear quality of where this like uh where where the where the contagion kind of goes. So it goes from the truck driver goes back to I guess where all the 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 depot where all the yeah. drivers are, and then that spreads, and then these rich guys end up driving into it. And and uh, this guy is driving these two rich dudes into it. And then the guys start drilling through the car and pull the mm-hmm. driver out. And the, one of the rich guys jumps in the front and just drives off, like backs up and is like, oh, well, see a driver. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for being <laughs> thanks. for. We could have driven this whole time, but we needed you to sort of be fodder for the, the, the you know, the the rabid guys. So that was uh, that scene sort of made me laugh. And, yeah, uh, that was super random. Yeah, we never saw them again. No, and yeah, that was seem seemingly. Oh, there why were they driving down a dirt road into a construction for, zone? Well, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Going? I know it just seemed like I don't know this, and where how it goes from there somewhere else I don't know because those guys escape. But that just seemed like a a pretty funny yeah. Moment. But that brings up a good point. Are there? There are a lot of characters in this movie that I don't care about who come in, are a part of the movie, and then disappear. And you're thinking, I, who was that? I, okay, yeah. we're moving on. So was that made- just me? Or did- no, that- no, no, no. You're right. And in fact, I think the biggest character to that end is Rose because Rose goes out by deciding by realizing she is like uh the the reason for the spread of this contagion and decides to do a little bit of scientific research and see if like hey if one of the people that i turn rabid then turns on me what would that mean and apparently that means she dies (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so 
So, 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 so much for her being the typhoid Mary of this entire scenario, because uh, apparently even though she turns them all rabid and has no, uh, none of the same side effects herself, apparently if they turn on her, she still dies just same as everyone else. So however that works, um, I, you know, that sort of circle just sort of loops around and, and just ends, I guess. And then that's the end of at least her. So I get that. I mean, a hooray, I guess, for that experiment in terms of it not. But it's not the end because they they find her in an alley and they put her in the back of a garbage truck. Are are we led to believe that if a contagion gets bad enough, it's not that our morgues will fill up with bodies. We'll just let the garbage trucks pick us up and take us to the landfill and call it a day. Is does that is that what happens? Well, I don't know if that's what happens. It is in my will that that's what I want to have done at yeah. the end. I just It's going to be super easy for me if I'm still yeah. alive. I just basically put them out to the curb and then yeah. it's, you know. Well, you have to call that, on trash day. You have to call that special line yes. to let them know that you sort of have bulky like item bul- pick bulky up. item pickup. And mm-hmm. so you just have to drag my corpse out to the side of the street Not and then have them pick me up and throw me in the back of the garbage truck. Not a problem. Yeah. That's how I want to go out. Uh, guys, that is it for this week's uh, episode of the New World Podcast. Uh, hey, rate and review us wherever you can find podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Find us everywhere. Rate and review us. It really helps us out a whole lot. Tell your friends and, and have them listen. And we will see you soon on the New World Podcast. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.